0: Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's Spirit within you, and enjoy the message. It's a a holiday weekend, special weekend. This might be my favorite quote on the planet. From Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and this is what we're going to talk about today. The the message is uh, what's in your hands from Moses, and I'm going to get there. But I just kind of wanted to set the stage with this. Faith is taking the first step, even when you don't see the whole staircase. I mean, it, it's really incredibly powerful to 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 live a life of faith like that, built from trust in the Lord, built from a solid base of wisdom, but also being willing to step out in faith. I mean, think about what if he hadn't stepped out in faith. You know, think about the great people in history that, had, that didn't step, step out and break ground. And all of those things that, that happen as a result of somebody going against the grain and stepping out and taking those one little steps. Amen? And I think that's what God is calling us to do. It's like He's calling us to just not recklessly... Not carelessly, not in an uninformed way, but intentionally. When maybe circumstances don't read back to you that this is a wise decision, but you know, in your heart, this is time to move. It's time to move, and uh, you know, it's it's where the name of this ministry and church came from. Forward, you know, forward ever, backward never, as the Kenyans say. I didn't even know that was a saying, but our ties to Kenya, you know, it's it's powerful that that's in their national motto. But uh, it, it's, it's true, you know, and we can continue. Some people hear this type of message about taking steps and growing and moving forward and get really introspective with it and feel like, well, it's, I'm on some kind of carnal personal development plan. Not really. I mean, we do want to get better, but the way that we get better is we experience His love for us and allow His grace to flow through us because it's His grace that transforms and changes and empowers us. And in moments when the world doesn't seem to say it's okay now for you to move forward, but you know in your heart with God because you've spent time in the Word and you've worshiped and you've gotten His heart on it because you've spent time to renew your mind, to align your outer man with your inner man, and you just know it's time to move. That's why we don't move is because we haven't taken the time to renew our mind to get His mind on whatever that area is to move forward within it. Right. And and that, that's that's what this whole series is about. You know, the series is about this. The goal of removing internal limits is to follow God. This is not a series about you just make something up and you hope God blesses it. That's 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 in the area of dreams, you know, and that's fine. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about follow the Lord. Right now, as you follow the Lord, your heart's desires come to pass. You may get to travel the world. You may get to pursue a passion and that's all fun and that's great. And I think He wants us to enjoy life. But what we're talking about is now that you're a believer, Now that you're rooted and grounded and you know God's love for you, you know that you're a child in His kingdom. You know that you've been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. You know that the blood of Christ has washed you and cleansed you and left you in a state of righteousness before your Father and He's put His Spirit within you as a promise that you will live with Him forever. And His Spirit is leading you and guiding you and showing you things to come and reminding you what He's done and telling you what the Father's saying. All of that good benefit of the Spirit of God having changed you inwardly, removing that old dead heart, giving you a new heart that knows His wisdom and His law, all of that stuff. Because of that, now God's got some assignments for you. Are you with me? And again, just resetting the stage and we kind of go over this a lot, but God created you because He wanted a family. You weren't created to do a job for God. But now that you're here and now that you're in His family and now that the world's in the state that it's in, He's got some things for you to do, things that He's prepared for you to do because He knew this place was going to be messed up and He's got things for us to do. There are assignments within His kingdom for us to accomplish from the place of identity, not for identity, right? You're not going to accomplish these assignments and then complete who you are in Him. You are complete in Him already, Amen. You cannot add to your salvation. You cannot take away the work from the work that He's done. You can live worthy or not worthy of it, right? In other words, bringing glory and honor to His name through how you live and all that. But from... The, so, so the world has... And, and even a lot of the Christian world has painted a picture to the, to the to followers that you got to figure out what God wants you to do to fulfill your purpose. Well, your purpose was determined by Him and He wanted you as a child. You acknowledge your Father you rest in Him. Amen? And from that place, you get to work. You get busy. And so the stuff that we're going through is mind renewal exercises to align your outer man and your inner man so that you stop limiting God. That's, that's the whole process of what we're doing. So when you remove doubt, sin, I heard a quote, by the way, doubt is removed intentionally. That was... a. Uh, Connor McGregor, UFC fighter. Anybody, anybody, fight? anybody fight fans? I won't spoil it if you're going to go home and rent it tonight, today. But uh, yeah, so and, and this is, and so this is what this series, Limitless, is about. Not God. This is what I want to do. Now show up and dance for me. You know what I mean? Make this happen for me. But God, I don't want to do anything but what you have placed in my heart. I want to f- accomplish your will and intent and purposes in my life. I just happen to know that you're good, that you have only good plans for me. Now, as I pursue that, I might find myself in uncomfortable and difficult situations and might even lose my life as I'm following you. But that's, that's all I... And you know, the older we get and the longer we've been Christians, isn't that what you really want anyway? All you really want is to live those purposes out that God would want for you. Because you know they're satisfying, you know they're enriching, and you know it's going to be a blessing to you, right? And you know it's going to be good because you see who God really is in Christ. That's what God wants. Ultimately, you see where we're going. Life in eternity with Him, free from all of this junk. But along the way, while we're here, because we still have our minds and He's given us this will within inside His greater will to make decisions within, we can get messed up. And that's the kind of stuff that we have to deal with. So when he talks about the heart, the parable of the sower, and he says it's the deceitfulness of riches, the, care, the lust of the, uh, lust of other things, the cares of this world, those are the kinds of things that create limits for us. That's that type of stuff that we've got to deal with. How we think because of our past brought us to this and because I think this about my life and who God is and what He's done to me and what He's not doing for me. I've got to let go of all that stuff. Because really, as I yield to Him and the clearer I get inwardly about who He is, I will let Him shape me and mold me and lead me and compel me and show me His plans to move forward. And so what we're doing is we're intentionally removing doubt. We are intentionally taking His Word to renew our minds so that we get His mind on His will so that we stop limiting it. That's what we want to do. Now, along the way, you might get to live your dreams. I hope that you do. I'm not saying don't believe for that. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about God has things for you to do. Don't you want to do them? Now, you don't get extra benefits when you get to heaven for doing them. You know, in other words, you don't get a better status. You don't get more righteous. You don't get more holy as you obey Him. right? You actually manage that holiness and righteousness well as you obey him, because you are, because he's washed you, you're holy. And because you're right before the Father, you're righteous, and you want to live well within that status, right? That state of being. So we don't want to let the cares of this world and falling into that stuff. That's why. That's why you, you know, you come to church and you sit in rows and you face the same direction and all that weirdness every week, because you want to intentionally engage in this process of mind renewal unto transformation, right? That's why we go to life groups. That's why we read. It's why we work. It's why we do all that stuff. So that God, so that we're, so that we're preparing inwardly to let Him grow in in and through us, right? So again, just reaffirming this passage here, Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't think the way that this world looks. Don't value what this world values. Don't, don't put things above. You know, no idolatry. There's, a, there's a lot in this, but ultimately, it's talking about don't shape yourself into what this world defines for you, right? But be transformed. And it's an interesting thing. That word "transformed" is the actual same word as, uh, as um, oh, it just left my mind when when Jesus was on the mountaintop and he transfigured. It's the same word as transfigured. Be transfigured by the renewing of your mind. See, a lot of times we stop there. Why? So that you may prove what God, the will of God, that which is good, perfect, and acceptable. Those are three adjectives describing the same thing, by the way. God's will is beautiful, it's perfect, it's acceptable, it's honoring. You know, it's not like over here you got God's good will. You get 30% blessing here, but yet when you're in the perfect will, you get your 100% blessing over there. You know, it, that, that's, We've really messed up and stuff like that. But that's why you want to experience transformation so that you will live out His will. Amen? That's what we want. We, we want to be so yielded to Him. Now see, you will, the more you know His love for you, the more you will yield to Him. The more you have His mind on a subject, even though you might not understand the details and circumstances, the more you have His mind on that subject with your heart rooted in His love for you in that area, the more you will experience transformation. Now, if you've experienced transformation, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, you're still asking yourself, well, how does it work? I can't tell you how it works because it's a spiritual reality. It's something that God does in and through you. Amen? But what I do know is this. We have the recipe and the recipe is to know His love and yield to Him inwardly. Yes, repent. Yes, yes. You know, I forgot when, when I did that. It was like a big blunder. But when I did the confession uh, message, I forgot to give the definition of confession. <laughs> so anyway, I'll give it to you now. You want, it, you want to know? All right. So yeah, the word confession, it's simply, it's, it's homologeo homo I think. And it means same word, say the same thing. You know, a lot of times we hear confession and repentance and we, we interpret that. It's funny that the people that don't want you to be emotional want you to be emotional when you repent. It's like you got to feel really bad about yourself. And the degree to which you sob and how many napkins determine how much repentance and forgiveness, I don't know, whatever, silly. But it, it's true. So repentance and confession is to say the same thing that God is saying. You're confessing your sin. You're saying the same thing that God says about your sin. It's destructive. It's killing you. It's separating you and it's making you think that you're separated from the Father. But yet, it's not really. But in your heart, your heart is starting to harden. That's why I confess it. Get it out. Say the same thing God says about it. Acknowledge it. Be honest. At least be honest with yourself. You know, Jordan Peterson wrote a book called The Twelve Rules for Life and one of them is, Tell the truth or at least don't lie. (laughs) I mean, how smart is that, you know? Especially to yourself. I mean, what if Jimmy hadn't been honest with himself? What if he would just sat there and, you know, played the game and not admitted, well, I don't like to feel this way, you know? Man up. Beat himself up. But you own it. You embrace it. Tell yourself the truth. Be honest where you are. That's where this limitation and dealing with these things that are rooted in our heart that are producing things that limit us from following God. Be honest with yourself. And the sports car says, Amen. Did y'all hear that? I don't know if you heard that. You are transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove out God's will. As you renew your mind in God's word, you will live out His will. Just another way to say it. That's the whole thing, right? Now, how you see God and how you think He's interacting with you, we may need to rebuild and reconstruct some of that based on... Christ, rather than bad doctrine, but that's kind of another subject. So I want to, you know, kind of bring this uh, message today. I'm not closing. We'll just say this is like halfway closing point. But I'm going to switch topics, and I want to talk about Moses a little bit. You know, this is a. I was looking for good pictures, and and you think about this for a minute. You know, like so. Just take a minute and think about Moses, right? Moses. Uh, protected at birth, r- raised by a king in a foreign land with all kinds of privileges. And, and really, probably, if, if he had responded to God, uh, and, and he tried, you know, if he had responded to God using the construct that he was within to try to bring change, it wouldn't have worked. It had to be God's way. It had to be against the system. So Moses jumps out. And Most of you are familiar with the story. If you're not, briefly, God calls Moses, and he knows early on that he's called to set the captives free. Right? The whole reason God called Moses, set the captives free, bring them out in a land unto me so that I may dwell among them, meaning the tabernacle that ultimately they would build so his presence could be with them. And so Moses jumps out there in his own strength. Now there's, there's, there's history, I believe this actually happened. There was Moses. I Personally, I believe this actually happened. But there's also a lot of, a lot of just, just uh, allegory that you can pull from this. There's a lot of application that you can pull from this story and see yourself within it. God calls Moses and Moses jumps out in his own strength to try to make this happen. And what happens? People die. And I, and I don't mean to make light of murder, but it's true. He took it unto himself in his own hands, maybe in his own, what he thought was his own timing, jumped out there, thought, I'm the deliverer. These are my brothers and sisters and killed their oppressor with force. And ultimately it sent him running. You know, I think so many times we've done that and you've heard this message, but so many times we've done that. We've tried to do things in our own strength and we leave a trail of bodies behind us and damage and we get hurt and afraid and scared and we miss God and then we run and we hide and we spend forty years in the desert. Forty years. The man was eighty by the time he actually responded to God to fulfill the call and the assignment on his life. Eighty, and this is after the flood. You know, this. There, I mean, there must have been some supernatural stuff going on to sustain him. But you know, it's not too late. It's just not too late. I re- there might be a season. You might be in a season in your life where you maybe you might not have as many years left, but. This same process applies to you because wherever you are, as you yield to Him and you live out those purposes and that will in your life, wherever you might be, there are still assignments and accomplishments to be done on behalf of His name. Are you with me? It's not too late. Because Will and I were talking last night and and he brought that up. It's like, you know, age sometimes, sometimes... uh, it, you, we feel limited by it. We feel like, well, it's I can't do this anymore. I can't. Well, that, there are realities to that. You know, it's not like. Uh, well, anyway. But point being, wherever you are, you can yield to him and live out that will that he wants for you. Amen. So, so Moses, forty years. One more time, forty. Like, uh, like, like. You think about that. Forty years of unproductive, unproductivity and. and probably licking his wounds and probably gave up. I mean, really, probably gave up to the point where when God manifested to him, he doubted. I mean, he was pretty confident when he jumped out and tried to kill people, wasn't he? And actually killed people. He was confident in that calling. He knew that was his calling. But he did it the wrong way in his own strength and then runs and hides for 40 years. And then this happens. And I love this. Uh, There's so much in this story that we can take from it and I, and I encourage you go read Exodus at this part at, you know during this week you, I know you got like a bunch of homework assignments in this series with uh, determining who you love and taking steps toward them making your confession script in other words just taking scripture that that helps you renew your mind to his word and who you are in him and how it relates to those areas that you do want to move forward again you're not making things up and asking God to bless them what you're doing is you're trying to get his heart on those assignments that He has for you. And I just happen to believe. See, because a lot of people are confused about what those assignments are, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. Well, may I suggest this? Start by keeping His commandments. Love Him, love people. That's what we've been talking about. Determine, who do you love? Who does my heart break for? What, what issue do I see in this world that I have compassion for people? Start there. Because what you're trying to do is remove those limits so that you'll follow God. And if you don't know what those assignments are, start with what He commanded you to do by loving people. And as you at least do that, it starts to shape your mind and your thinking to, to, to get that outer man aligned with your inner man so that you are more in tune with what those assignments might be, right? Are you with me? That's why... You don't get to make it up. You're not making up. You might have some things that you want to do. That's fine. We're not really talking about that. We're talking about getting His heart on those things that He wants you to do. So as you determine who you love and you start to take step, not not God, what do you want me to do? But in your heart, recognize I have compassion and love for these people. That's what He wants me. That's what He commands me to do. God expects me to love. So as I love, it informs my mind. It informs my soul. it, It allows my heart to yield to Him, to, to express love and compassion toward these people. I start to invest in myself. I start to grow. I start to gather resources because I want to love these people. I want to help these people. I want them to experience love, the love of God, because it is powerful and transformative. Right? That's why you start with love. Because most of you would say, I don't know what God wants me to do. Well, you can love people. And as you love people, it's an incredible teacher and it starts to crack that door open for you to pay attention to the holy spirit better your mind you in, in in the con, in the frame in the frame of mind of love you will hear god better you just will you will be shaped more uh, readily you will be more yielded to him and you will more effortlessly walk out that will i'm just i'm just telling you so moses is, has this conversation with god he says uh you know, I want you to go do this. I want you to bring my people out, deliver my people, and and, uh, and Moses is like, no, well, who should I tell them? You know, who's, who am I going to tell them that sent me? And he says, I am that I am, right? And so then ultimately he gets down to this question: Well, well, what if? You know, essentially, what if it doesn't work, God? What if I try and it doesn't work? I mean, that's pretty much what he's saying, right? And so God, I I see this as a it's almost a negotiation more so than than just God showing up and laying down the law. He's conversing with Moses. He's meeting him where he's at. He's responding to him appropriately. God is. He's, he's answering his questions. He's, he's uh, honoring where he is and in, in, in interacting with him. He's not just saying, look, do it. Right? He's, he's meeting him where he is. And so ultimately, and I love this. This is, this is really what it comes down to is what I want to end on today. This idea, Moses says, well, what am I going to do? How are we going to do this? And God says, he asked him this question. What's in your hands? All right? So what's in your hand? See the staff on the ground right there? The, the, the stick? That's what he sees. He says, yeah, well, I, in my mind, this is how I see this. Like when I play the movie in my mind, I, I see this. Moses is like, well, what am I going to do, God? And God's like, well, what's in your hand? And Moses is like, well, I got this stick. <laughs> What do you mean? What, what, I got the staff. What? And so God's like, let's start there. And then what happens? It becomes a miracle happens through what he already had in his hands. Are you feeling it? You feel me? I mean, we could just end there. What's in your hands? You, you, you want God's will to be manifested in your life. You do that by starting with love and yielding to Him and dealing with these internal issues that rise up. And then you you just start with what's in your hands. What do you have in your hand that you can begin with, that you move forward with? And it may be your family. It may be your job. Whatever it is, whatever is in your hand, you just nurture that thing. And so then here's the promise that God gives to Moses along the way because Moses is like a lot of us that have a more reserved behavior pattern. You know, you got Paul. Paul was commissioned and just went out there. I think somebody counted the words one time, and it was like 20-something words. That like, he's gone. He's the D. He's the the aggressor. He's the one that's going to go by force, right? Moses is like, you know, wanting God's credentials on the matter, you know. But this is the promise to Moses, and this is our promise as well. This is in Exodus 4. Verses 12 and 15, because they say the same thing. He says, now then go, and I, even I, will be with your mouth. <laughs> How many of you need God to be with your mouth? Come on. And teach you what you are to say. So there's, there's principle, but then there's specifics as well. I will be with your mouth, and his mouth, talking about Aaron, because Aaron, Moses wanted some help, right? So God brought him some and I will teach you what you are to do. What does it start with? Now then go and ends with, I will teach you what you are to do. You're not going to hear without moving. You move from your security in Him. You move knowing that you're complete in Him. You're not trying to to impress God with your accomplishments for Him. You're not even really doing it for Him. It's for the purpose of those captives. That's what he's trying to do is set the captives free. Amen? And you think about the legacy of this weekend, Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. That was what it, that was, what it was like. I want, I want freedom. Let freedom ring because in freedom, people are productive. In freedom, people manage their righteousness well. You know, that's how I know that this nation was built on Christian principles because when it talks about God in the U.S. Constitution and it lays out the idea of freedom, there's no other God in history that values freedom. I'm not trying to make a political statement, but there's more to what we have going on in this place and our nation to be a light to the world. But for you personally, that's what you're trying to do. You're just trying to quit limiting God. Because when He moves through you, incredible things happen. And He will teach you as you go. He promised, you know, one more time. Now then go, and I, even I, will be with your mouth and teach you what you are to say. That exercise that we did with the confession script where you go and you pull out a scripture, we started with that blog of all the identity in Christ passages. That's that's you lending your mouth to the truth because as you speak... It can inform back to your mind and align with your heart who you really are. When you believe the truth about... Whatever you believe about yourself, that's what you're going to act out. So what you want to believe about yourself is what God says about you so that you will act that out. Not just for obedience sake, but because of what it does for you that that puts you in this place to let His Spirit thrive within you. Yes, he's sovereign. Yes, he's all powerful. But you have this heart that can limit what you will let him do in your life for now. Don't you? Look at your life. You're reaping the benefit of your choices. I was on such a good roll before I said that, too, wasn't I? I will be with your mouth and His mouth, and I will teach you what you are to do. Now, that's where we can get really goofy, too. Well, God said this, and then five minutes later, God said this. It's like, you know, just grow up, you know, learn the Word, know who you are in Him. Surround yourself with people that will help you, encourage you, help you grow up, live a life well, worthy of the righteousness that He's given you. But at some point, you have to do this. You have to take that step. And and you won't see the second step until you take the first step. And I don't think that God is like... People say, well, He didn't show you the whole plan because it would... It didn't. I'm like, really? I, I think it's more you, don't, you aren't in a frame of mind to see the whole plan. I don't think God's... I think He's like, well, I'll show you the whole plan if you want to. But you can't see it because your mind is so focused on this issue. As you step... Now see, and that's the thing. You have to take the step. Now, there's a paradox because the step is of your own volition. You have to make a choice. And I hope that it's an informed choice, and I hope that you feel confident about who you are, and it's rooted in love. Like, I hope those are the two things that are the recipe that cause that step to come about. But there's got to be a plan also. And as you move, get a plan in place, a life plan, a, a A plan where as you know the next step, you will organize your life accordingly to follow God because that's what we want to do. We want His will. We are transforming so that His will will be birthed through us. Uh, And and so so then you go back to this picture here. Now, this is just some insight into this. What we know about that bush, and this is what Moses initially marveled at, and I think it was a correction of how he tried to do it to begin with, what he noticed about the bush to begin with was that it was burning, but it was not being consumed. You normally set something on fire and it will be consumed because it burns, like what causes it to continue to burn is the energy that is stored up within it, and it exhausts that energy and burns, and it burns itself out. This bush burning of an energy, not its own, is a picture of grace. This bush burning, but it's not withering away. Like the bush itself is alive, but yet there's fire on it and around it and in it. I mean, think about that. That's a miracle. And I don't think God was just doing the miracle, well, there's this bush here, let me set that thing on fire and not cause it to burn. That'll really get His attention, you know. <laughs> It's deeper than that. Think about that. You know, If you feel like you're doing it all in your own strength, you probably are. Well, how do I get God's strength in me? We just talked about it. Respond to His love for you. Renew your mind and who you are in Him to the place where it does like what Jimmy was talking about. You have this, and then you start to affirm who He is, who you are in Him. Take that truth. Let it be alive within you. Let it be in your mouth. And then and then this this life arises that you didn't know you had within you. And you can do that every day. Every day in every moment until you live this supernatural lifestyle that's just incredible. And it's not some mystical, you know, nebulous thing that happens. It's right in what we read out of Ephesians that his power is in you, shed abroad in your heart, so that Christ. The anointed one and His anointing would dwell within you to empower you. That you would know His love. That you would be filled to the measure of His fullness. And that all comes out of the riches of His glory that He's deposited. And it's just right there. It's right there in you. But we don't intentionally remove doubt. We don't intentionally put the word in our mouth and in our mind and really hold on to it until... We believe that if something can change, because what we do is like, all right, Lord, I'm willing to believe. Let me let me give you a try. Well, it didn't work. I mean, that's what we do. We we're like, let me give you, let me let me try here just for a minute, because I'm telling you, I sit in my office and I hear it. Well, I tried this and I tried and I gave and I prayed and I did. Like, you know, if it were just about obedience, then the law could make you righteous. Right. It's about the heart. It's about yielding to Him. It's about engaging with Him in your heart. And honestly, that's where preaching falls flat because no one can teach you that process. It's something that you have to learn yourself with your God in obedience to Him, yielded to His Holy Spirit to learn how to let Him transform you, how to let Him empower you. You That's a question. Do you know how to let God empower? Like, What does it take for you to experience the power of God inwardly Unto transformation so that you'll follow Him. Do you know what, how that works for you? I know how it works for me. And we can, so then we can do classes and we can talk about it and we can come up with formulas. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of Christianity is like, there's different boxes here for you. Take this box, take this box. Take this, let's get in the box, you know. It's like, no, I mean, it's, you know, there are, some, there are some patterns. There are some things that we can do that we can engage in that help, some tips and tricks. But ultimately, it's a relationship. It's an acknowledgment of His power within you. It's an acknowledgment of His love to the point that you move. You know, can, can you do, can, do you know how to sit and think about what He did for you to the point that you actually feel moved by how He feels about you? You, you know that feeling that you felt when I said, what's in your hands? I could feel it. It's just like you're, you're interacting with that field of energy around you that makes it feel like anything is possible. There is nothing but potential and I can do anything. Right. And then you walk out here and you eat your hamburger and you're like, well, what was that? What happened? What do he say? I don't know. It was really good. You know? Man, I just want us to be a body. I want the body of Christ to actually experience this power that he has within us. Not so that we're impressing each other with our words and miracles, but so that we would show the world what a transformed life looks like and we will live out those unctions that He gives to us. So so let me encourage you in that. Part of this process is stewarding inspiration. When you are inspired, and it's from a healthy place, it's from a place of love toward others, and it's from a place of having spent time in His Word when an inspiration arises, and you you know... How many of you know what I'm talking about? And that inspiration arises, take a step. Now the step might be, write it down so that you don't forget it. The step might be, well, I'm going to call somebody and talk to somebody about this. The step might be, I know exactly what my action is. The step might not always be an action. The step might be, man, I need to I need to deal with this. I need to go speak to somebody and, and kind of deal with whatever this thing, you know what I mean? So the, whatever that step might be, take that step. I love the um, Alcoholics Anonymous and all the AA Some parts of it, but you know, they have this thing. It's like, just do the next right thing. Because when people start to try to experience, when they start to grow and leave their addiction, you know, that's kind of a guiding thing. Just do the next right thing. Whatever the next step is, take that step. Not to force, but in unison, collaborating with the Father, birthed out of this time spent with Him, knowing that you're not doing it in your own strength, having His mind on the topic itself. You're informing yourself about these this area that you want to move forward in from His Word. You're intentionally removing doubt and you're yielding to His power within you because that is what will compel you forward. He's not going to make you do it. I mean, if God could just make you do anything He wanted to, would your scale in your bathroom say what it does? Would it... I mean, let's get practical, right? You know, He will lead you how to take care of this temple. He will lead you how to manage your finances. A lot of times it's dealing with that stuff because those are such ridiculous limitations on us and chains holding us down, how we feel. Amen. You know, be intentional about what you eat and how it affects you. Well, I'm a healing minister. I can just eat whatever I want to eat. Well, yeah, you know, we'll see how that works out for you. But but be prepared for that. Properly steward inspiration, even if that means making a hard choice in your practical life. And sometimes you know, you know that you know that you know that you know that you need to make this decision, but you just don't have the strength or the confidence to make it. Take those steps. Take those little steps. Take that step. Just say that. I will take that step. You know, be willing. See, make this decision. Be willing to do whatever God would lead you to do. Like, are you willing to do that? Like in your heart right now and in your mind, are you willing to do whatever God would ask you to do? Well, I'm not so sure. You know, just, just even those little affirmations that you're deciding in your mind because, because it, that might be the first step. Just be willing. I'm willing. I want, all I want to do is what God wants me to do. And then that opens the door for you to see the next. Okay, well, so that... And you may not even hear the voice of God You may not even know that it's God. You may just think it's your own mind. That's the sweet spot when the decisions that you're making are in line with what God would lead you to do. Then you look back and you recognize the fruit. Praise God for that. But be willing. Be willing. Make the decision that that's what you want your life to look like and be willing to steward that inspiration and take that step. All of this other stuff, the confession script, the who do you love, all these other things, they're they're, they're suggestions to... Frame your mind to renew your mind to open yourself to that, but be willing. your steps will be your greatest teachers practically I mean obviously, the Holy Spirit's the teacher, but he as he's leading you and you take those steps, it starts to teach your heart how to listen and follow and you that, that's why we're not following him is because in our heart we're not confident to follow him now here's what happens when you hear a message like this, and when you start to move forward all of your past failures, because I can see it, half of you are thinking about, well, I tried that and I really messed it up. Man, I feel bad about myself because it's too late. You do that. We start beating ourselves up because we know that we've missed it in some areas. Well, you know what? God is not holding your sin against you. Does that mean it's okay to continue in sin? Of course not. It brings death and destruction into your life. But But it's not disqualifying you from following Him. Wherever you are, you start right there and you take those steps. Steward that inspiration and take that step. That doesn't mean that you've got to jump out and change everything about your life. It's just the subtle nuance, those little leadings that we easily miss. It's that still small voice that Elijah was waiting for. He knew it wasn't in the storm. It wasn't in the big booming. It was that little leading, that little nuance. And you learn and you grow and you become confident that that He is strengthening you in your inner man. And you can burn of His energy and not your own. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for the great patriarchs and matriarchs of faith that we can look back to and learn from. Father, I thank you that we've come a long way, but I thank you that division in our nation and around the world is continuing to be dismantled. But I I thank you that there's a kingdom lens that you're body on this planet can bring to this earth and how we see each other and we don't see each other in any other way but saved or non-saved and father we that we carry the gospel in love into a world to set the captives free that's what we want we are agents of your kingdom we are children of your family with the good news to go into the world and we will follow you and, and so just make this decision I only want to do what God would lead me to do. God is leading me to take steps. He has assignments for me, and I want to see those accomplished in my life, and I will steward my life and everything about my resources to be limitless inwardly so I'm no longer choking out His Word, and I'm no longer constricting those unctions that He's birthing within me. Father, I will follow You. I trust You. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. And thank you to those of you who support Forward Ministries financially. You truly are changing the way the world sees God. You're helping people detox from performance-based religion and experience God's love for them. We're committed to helping you renew your mind so you'll experience transformation and move forward in every area of your life. I pray you're making this heart journey. Visit my website at ClintByers.com for hundreds of free teachings and articles that will empower you to renew your mind and put on your eternal identity in Christ. I'm especially excited about my tools for transformation that have original music and modern technology designed to help you slow down and connect with the Spirit of God in your heart. I'd like to invite you to partner with Forward Ministries. Help us continue to spread the gospel and develop resources that are empowering people to grow in their identity in Christ. Thank you again for joining me. I pray God's blessings and promises over you and your family today.